just like those grasshoppers, we did not show up. But the good news is the Inner Miami podcast is here. The goal scorer, Morgan, a second, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't even have to oh, And he's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. You know what, Jay? I think we're a little to blame on this, man. We uh, we talked about a winning streak, and we forgot this is Center Miami. We jinxed him. We jinxed him. That's on us. <laughs> They're never going to get arrested for streaking, we'll tell you that much. <laughs> Actually, you know what? This isn't on us. I had a nice cold beer ready to go with the kickoff of the game. Sounds like you were somewhat coherent for this match. I was an ice cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> Just floating in a hot tub. <laughs> Watching this game in the most South Florida way possible. How was your weekend, bud? You have a good one? Seems like you're still recovering a little bit. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good weekend. Um, yeah, filled with lots of family fun, and um, my liver doesn't like me very much. Uh, but I did rewatch the game just to fully be be into it and coherent, so I could at least get some uh, decent thoughts together for this podcast. Well, I have some bad news, and that was <laughs> the outcome did not change. It did not change. I think we. I don't even think we actually showed up to Chicago. I think our team was still actually in the airport in Fort Lauderdale. Probably. Probably. Wondering which terminal to go to. <laughs> I have no idea. Man. We, they, we should start taking Spirit Airlines for the They never got off the bus. Yes, dude. They should Greyhound. <laughs> you know, like when, when, and you can go to Spirit. When again, you'll get like a, like a Delta. I mean, I blame Carranza. I mean, listen, we got to switch something up. If we're getting vertigo from this air travel, Greyhound it is. Yeah, I mean, maybe vertigo is contagious. Maybe it's not, but you never know. Anyway, welcome everyone to the Inter Miami podcast. Uh, we are going to try and put everyone in a better mood today. Uh, we will be discussing the tumultuous events of Saturday evening, and we will also be also be looking forward to the upcoming home game against DC United. Dare I say another beatable team? Because I probably <laughs> just jinxed us again. We're going to talk about some other fun stuff in there. We're going to try and uh, bring a smile to your face if we can. I am Jake Kington alongside Mr. Alex Papa George. As always, let's just open this right up. Flipping it on you. Not even going to look at the script. Prime blue jersey. Alex, what are your thoughts on these? As you're looking at the script. I'm looking you dead in your eyes and looking at the script. Put it down, flipping on it, reversing it, oh, or whatever man. Missy Elliott said. I, <laughs> man, I hope we get a Jay rant during this podcast. It's it's very likely, it's possible, but I think after that Saturday night that you spent up in dance, I, I, I don't know if your brain's quite there. I'm pretty docile right now. There you go, bud. But, uh, but I liked them. I liked them. They just thought they were super cool, um, behind a good cause, just like anything that you can get behind regarding the ocean or recycling, especially in the South Florida community do it there's a lot of cool startups around the community for ocean being one doing some pretty cool things up in boca raton you always see them around the beach picking up trash and whatnot but i support these causes left and right and especially when the jerseys fire yeah i mean i guess i have to support it or else like i hate the oceans you know but it's blue and orange you know i'm not i'm not too keen on the colors blue of orange uh 
particularly because I'm a Seminole. I mean, honestly, you're a hurricane, and those are the one things that we can agree upon is those two colors we're not, we're not fans of. But every team in the league had one. I honestly like the lighter version, more than like the, the blue and white version a little bit better. But overall, not a huge fan. I like the, the pride warm-up jerseys more. Bet you do. The, <laughs> the jersey itself, you know, honestly, I don't know where I was going with that. It doesn't matter. You're buying a blank jersey. They don't even have options for player name, so you're going to want to get it just to wear it for this one game against D.C. United where everyone in the league is going to be wearing that. I guess in theory you could buy one and then find a local soccer uh, shop that could get you a name and number on there. But, um, you know, I don't know. I was kind of torn like, I should probably buy this and rock this, but I, th I think I'm just going to take a hard pass on this one. So you didn't buy this piece of clothing? I did not. Jay, you're like a walking billboard when I see you up and down these streets. I stay fitted, but uh, I'm not wearing that uh, that light blue. The only blue I'm going to rock is that Chelsea blue, baby. If there was ever two models that the team could pull out of the stand and just throw some gear on, it'd be yourself and Conga <laughs> yes. Man. Yes, I'm a slim model build. <laughs> Kind of gumpy. Conga right? Man we'll, we'll gets like Conga Man gets like the respectable, like nice designer clothes. You know what's respectable with him is just wearing that in the South Florida yeah. heat, man. Like that Bro. dude's gotta be sweating. I'd have a heat stroke. Oh, for sure. I would be down in like the first 20 minutes. For sure, bro. But before this game was going, we're on the Twitter sphere chit-chatting a little bit and we have a million followers on Twitter. We do. Well, no. <laughs> almost. I was like, damn, we blew up overnight. Uh, no, that is Inter-Miami does have a million followers, and Chicago Fire Won't Won't has 125, even though they kicked our ass. If only Twitter followers could could get out there on the pitch with you and, and, and give you a helping hand, that'd be nice. We'd, uh, we'd be undefeated probably. But, yeah, we lost to a, a team that is a little less than, uh, well, I don't know, like one-eighth our, our Twitter Influence, I guess. Which just talks about the hype of this team. and can, it, it, Like, in combination of over salary cap, we are just taking the MLS by storm but leaving the performance flat <laughs> on the field. We're definitely taking it by storm. We the, like, When our mistakes occur, they're, like, amplified, like, tenfold because we have so many more people watching. So, honestly, whereas, you know, Chicago loses, they're only going to disappoint a few amount of people because they just don't have that many people, I guess, that follow them or watch them. When Miami disappoints, they're letting down the whole damn world. It's like the new age one hit wonder. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad, honestly. Just, you know, you get excited about one banger song, then, you know, you buy the album and you're super disappointed. Yep, yep, yep. Well, the good news is, though, who's been the MVP all season for Inter Miami? La Familia. Yes, sir. And we saw a post by uh, Caesar from Vice City. President of Vice City mentioned that 250 supporters, La Familia, went in. Three players came up after. Uh, the players certainly appreciate the support. I'm sure uh, the organization at this point is indebted to La Familia. We are uh, now holding that over their hands for an ultimate winning season. We'll see if we can ever get that. But uh, again, man, the real MVP of the season has been La Familia. All jokes aside, without a doubt, bring the noise, bring the energy, nonstop, never give up, always supportive. Even when we're walking around with our hearts broken and our, our tears streaming, we're still going to sing some songs and get really loud and throw beer in each other for, for this club. Yeah, I was going to say, th that, that, those aren't tears coming out of the people's eyes. That's just that burning sensation when <laughs> booze hit eyeball. But That's just a <laughs> cup of vodka to the face. <laughs> Whoever's doing that, stop it. Uh, I saw that tweet too, though. No, it was cool on 
Twitter, I saw Caesar post that and gotta say, man, it's just outstanding. You know what I would like to do is we got to ask one when? of these partner, <laughs> very true. One of these partner podcasts that we team up to, to talk about the upcoming match. I got to ask like what their thoughts are of La Familia. Like, do people understand, you know, the level of gravity that we take this or is this still something that like teams are getting used to around the league? I mean, it's probably the the one and only thing that anybody respects. I mean, they, they've probably lost respect in us for our ridiculous predictions that never come true. <laughs> We're trying to be like support, like, oh, just a 1-0 win, like just humble, like 2-0, 2-1. And like, we're just, I'm sure the people are just like l looking back on us and just laughing. It hurts. It hurts a little bit. It hurts a little bit, especially with, uh, with this L we're about to talk about. Jay, why don't you go ahead and talk about the game stats, unfortunately? <laughs> oh, man, or lack thereof. <laughs> Maybe this episode, like last episode, was like, but it's against Cincinnati. No. This one's just I was, I think, correct by, by saying we, it was against Cincinnati. We couldn't <clears throat> buy too much uh, hype or, or look into that too much because it's crazy though did you see cincinnati beat montreal uh, yeah yeah so there's the mls how's this work out you know are we so we're the best team in the league right that's how this works x nay x nay carry yeah. the two a squared plus b squared equals c squared no we were talking the only stat that we lead the mls in is yellow cards and <laughs> we protected our lead this game we're the rating <laughs> champs babe. shout out to the boys for protecting their lead on yellow cards in the league such an honor such an honor you guys try us thank you <laughs> all right we'll break it down which one do we want first you want possession yep we never win that pretty consistent but not winning that what about Ch scoreboard <laughs> well okay yeah so all we right, lost we right, lost right, one to zero right. talk to me about shots on goal okay well possession we lost 57 to 43 shots on goals we were we were slightly edged out you know it wasn't it wasn't that far off you know we had four shots they had 20 shots yeah. and we only had one on target huh. and um and that was nico's attempt they had seven on target uh fouls you know we do our thing <laughs> like you, you, you we want those high scoring foul games i guess they had 14 fouls we had 20 yellow cards just dominating man we had six yellow cards what's our season total we're gonna need a ticker they only had three yellow cards. There were no red cards in the game because they subbed out GP off at half. Smart, because otherwise that's certainly going to be a red with another seven minutes on the pitch. Each team had two offsides. Chicago got 12 corner kicks. We only had three. That was a little brutal. Uh, of course, McCarthy made five saves. Chicago only had to make one save, and that was basically a header directly to, uh, to Shuttlesworth. Or Shuttleworth, there's no S. So, yeah, uh, this was a really tough game, and we were really, I mean, just... Being onslaughted, I don't even know if that's a word, just from the very beginning, just digging and, and trying to, to not get scored on. We were pushed all over the place. It was a very, very ugly game. We have to have more than one shot on target. I'd say minimal per half. I mean, honestly, we'd like to have at least two or three per half just to, just to be a decent and respectable squad. So I'm on the internet here zooming around. Fun fact, we lead the league. We have two players that are number one and number two in the league <laughs> in yellow cards. We all know who number one is. But can you get number two? Can I get number two? Uh, Grigori. My man. Yeah. So he is only one more yellow card away from getting kicked out. So what, what, What's their count right now? LGP has five. Gregory has four. Okay. And is there someone that has three? 
or is it just not like drop off to like two? Okay. No, it's going to drop to two, but okay. then we have a whole slew of people sitting at two. We got a small army just right there. Yeah, this one got out of hand quick. I mean, this to be fair, the ref in this game was a little uh, soft, for lack of a better word. So he was dishing out yellow cards, I guess, in his attempt to keep the game under control, but it seemed pretty excessive at, uh, at many points, honestly. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but... I, honestly, man, it just seems like every game that we play, the refs are just gunning for us and we make it easy for them. There's, mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it, you know, whether it's what we yell at them from the stands or what we're saying to them on the pitch and we make it easy, but these calls are getting a little bit absurd. I just love to see a little bit more of a even call line. I mean, I'd love to see Blaze Matweedy getting carded up for dissent and the referees just like doing the, the hand flap, like shut up. Like, I don't care what you're saying. It's yeah. uh. That guy, that guy had a little, that guy, that guy didn't get laid the night before. His wife was super <laughs> pissed off at him or something, bro. Like, that guy had to stick up his ass from the start of this game, and it was and not going to leave. You know, I don't, I haven't seen a game where I would say these refs are, like, friendly towards Inter-Miami yet, but I don't think we help ourselves out either. I think we complain a lot. Um, I mean, <laughs> I guess we'll just kind of get into it. There wasn't really many things to highlight. I mean, really, Morgan was the, the one player on attack who was able to even put pressure uh, on the defense and, and look to advance the ball. And, and outside of that, man, I mean, everything was just so stagnant. We just sit there and like, like one person tries to make a run. We don't have multiple people trying to make runs. It's just stagnant and we get flustered. We get pressed. We just give the ball away. It is, it's embarrassing. Well, what sucks is that our team could really use a number 10, like an honest number 10 to tie this thing all together. We're getting back into this, this idea of just let Lewis go up the side and, you know, cross it in and let's just hope that someone comes up the back and headers it, which is just not good football. This is really where, you know, I hate to say it, but like Pizarro needs to step in. He just needs, he needs to play first and foremost, but he needs to play very well. And we obviously haven't seen it this entire year. We don't know if that's ever going to happen, but really that's the missing link that I see in our attack. Well, he wasn't even on the bench, so he couldn't even be subbed in if he if he desired to i think he might have left early for the international play mm -hmm. uh there wasn't really too much explanation it would have definitely helped if we could have so here's the thing like right fetty serving as our number 10 i think this is the first game where kind of fetty loses some of the wind out of his sails you know it's the first game that he really didn't have a, an impact now we could have played pizarro in his natural position on that left wing if I guess he didn't leave early for international play. And that would have saved us from having to play Robbie Robinson, who re-injured his hamstring for the third time. Now, to Phil's credit, you know, he he says he they were not rushed in bringing Robbie back, and they actually felt that they gave him like an extra 10 days to recover. So this sounds like a situation of a young man who really doesn't fully understand his body or, or be able to sense uh, his body. I mean, this, this was two players trying to make a break for it to, to get possession of a ball. And I think he just kind of went full on animal and was just ripping and ripping and, and not really being smart in the, the way that he accelerated and who knows how, how long we're going to be out with Robbie again, which is not good because basically we have Breck Shea or, or Jay Chapman on the left wing. And I don't think either of us believe that Chapman should be starting. He's, he's better, you know, coming off the bench for us later in the game. At some point, we've got to get some of these other players involved. Maybe an Edison Escona, maybe a Philemphalencia, something like that. Let the young players players 
bring out some energy because we got a lot of uh, players that are moving slower than we want to see. Super bummed for Robbie, you know, being the first overall draft pick in the super draft last year for our inaugural season and just not played up to expectations and to also be sitting in the shadow of Daryl DK is always something to have an asterisk over your head around and really want to prove them, prove themselves. You know, this guy's a competitor. He's played at a top level his entire life and you just don't become the overall number one draft pick just by stumbling into that position. That's a lot of, it's a lot of competitive juice and hard work getting put in there and really just feel bad for the guy, to be honest. I mean, you see his face when he pulled up there and he was just kind of like that, that face of just being devastated. Like, dude, is this Mm -hmm. thing ever going to let me play this year? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough on a kid like that. You know, he wanted to come out here and, and obviously prove some stuff this season. And, and he's just been dealing with a serious injury bug. And we are, you're really seeing the lack of depth on the team. And when he plays, we tend to look better. We do tend to look better. I mean, he's shifty with his feet. He's quick and he can really accelerate and get around players. But that's like just the type of player he's hardware, hardwired to be. But it's kind of hard to to be that player when you're dealing with consistent hamstring injuries, honestly, he needs to just gear down a little bit, you know, probably run about the same pace as, as Gonzalo until he can really work that hammy back into to, to full match fitness. Well, thinking about our schedule a little bit ahead of us after this game against DC United this Saturday, we do have a break. And honestly, this break could have couldn't have happened at a better time Mm -hmm. for a player like Robbie who needs to recover from that hamstring and just really take it easy and let it rest. We've been talking about hamstrings, I feel like every single week on this podcast. And from the first episode that this, this injury creeped into our worlds, we have been talking about just the idea of being nagging a nagging injury, especially in athletic sending is something that's going to be very, very difficult to, to deal with. And you know, Jay, talking about the attack, you know, the first word that comes to my mind, it was funny. During the match, I actually wrote it down and it was <laughs> it was non-existent. And then I had to actually scratch that off because that was for my first half. And then I had to make that for the entire game. So, you know, we didn't even put in a first shot attempt until somewhere in like the 30th or 33rd minute. The 38th minute. The 38th yeah. minute, which is absolutely mind-boggling. And we sure we only had four shots in the whole game on, was that on target or shots? No, just total? four total shots. Only one on target, which was Nico's header in the, in the second So, so it, it took us 40, damn near 40 minutes, 38 minutes to put the first shot into the game. That's, that's, that's simply just terrible. It's embarrassing. I don't know who watches Letterkenny out there. I know Than loves it. I know Jim loves it. But the hockey coach is always, it's embarrassing. And that is just what's going on. It's so, so hard to watch. Well, I got to ask, Iguain takes up about like five, a little over $5 million or so a year in annual, annual cap. Got to ask you, do you think that money would be better allocated elsewhere? Well, I guess like technically it only the, what, the 500 and, and change goes against the cap because it's a DP. True, true. But I, I see your question here. But no, uh, I mean, uh, Iguain's actually the one DP I would rule pretty safe. Um, I think that he, he just can't make his impact because we just can't make enough, we can't create enough chances for him. We can't find him in the box. It's it's very, very difficult on him. I think Pizarro's already being phased out. And I think Matuidi is just fizzing out. It's been a, a, a pretty consistent, I think, decline for Matuidi this season. And when you're talking about designated players, 
you know, you need an impact and we're not getting an impact from either of our, you know, midfielders. They're both midfielders. One's more an attacking midfielder. One's more of a defensive midfielder, but I'm not against this potentially being both of their last seasons. And we bring in fresh faces and we have a lot of players that are kind of carried over from the Alonzo era. Give Neville what he needs to build the team he wants. We've mentioned it on the past, Pizarro being Alonzo's guy. You know, we we love Pizarro, honestly. Like, he gives a lot of effort, but the, the results just aren't there. And this team is going to have to prioritize results over feelings. And I don't know if either Matuidi or Pizarro are on the squad next season. Good point on the DP not going directly to our salary cap. Let me ask this. We have three DPs right now, Pizarro, Matuidi, and Iguain. Would you give, just remove all three of those and give Lewis Morgan a DP slot moving forward, reward him for his hard work, and then use these other slots elsewhere given what the sanctions come from the MLS still with the whole Matuidi gate? No, I don't. Um, I think Lewis, you know, he just got a raise. Um, I think Lewis is probably you know being paid around what he is is valued um you know if he was like an and we don't, like we love lewis i mean if anyone listens to this podcast we absolutely love lewis i mean i rock lewis's jersey all the time but you know he's done he's done a great job for us but the team's just not performing as a whole you know i, I guess if maybe if he was like the the guy that would re, that was really leading to all the wins or or was responsible for you know a late playoff run last year or something which again it's very hard for one man to do then maybe i could see it but i think he's being compensated at a fair amount and i wouldn't be necessarily against getting rid of all three dps if that's the only option keep all of them or get rid of them and get new ones because we're not getting the results so i think we need to go out there probably get some younger players who are a little more uh you know have, have a little bit more energy and, and feist and, and maybe fire in them because it's just, it's, this is tough to see. And if Federico, you know, shines better in small glimpses than when given a, a full start, then we're, we really have to figure out what we're doing in, in the midfield because the midfield just seems really out of touch with everything. And listen, guys, we're only seven games into this season, I believe it is. We got a long way to go. We're not even a quarter <laughs> yeah. into this whole thing. So listen, let's not abandon the squad right now, but there are holes up and down, up and down the team. And they're glaring every time that we get on the pitch and kind of comes back to that one hit wonder. So, you know, I mean, talking about holes over the pitch, I mean, the defense, you know, sure, there was one goal. And we'll talk about that one goal in a second, Jay. But the defense, you know, giving up a goal, that that's no reflection of quality play. That that That's just the fact that this club that we play, the Chicago Fire, missed opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. They had so many chances to put one behind John and just blew it that it, this this game could have easily been 5-0. to zero. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was tough. Uyoya got the start again as right back, which I don't know why we're doing this. I, I really do feel like if, you know, we, we got – two center backs, a left back and a right back. So four backs, everyone needs to be on the same page. I feel like if one guy's really out of sync, it, it ruins communication for all of them. I don't think we've seen a, a, a strong enough defensive outing from this back four since, since Nico went down. I think the keys to our back line are Nico and LGP playing with each other. Uh, Shawcross, you know, he continues to, to step up and, and make plays. He does, you know, there are a couple errors he makes. Joven Jones, I mean, you know, looked good, but but you're right, man. Like it's just too easy. They just press us, and 
we can't even get out of our, our, our own half and they're just ripping in shots left and right. You know, many are off target, but they're still getting the, the, the shots off, which is something that we're not even able to do. It's been brutally uh, painful to just watch everyone run through this defense over and over and over again. And we're just kind of standing out there like we don't know what to do to make the changes to to plug the leaks. But here we are and the ship is sinking and we're going to take it now. What's brutal to watch beyond that even is just when we do stop the opposing team, we have a tendency of giving it right back. Yep. And we've talked about it consistently through the first part of the season. Pressure on the ball. Teams know this, right? If we're talking yep. about this on the podcast, I guarantee you there's a scout on the opposing team oh, yeah. saying, hey, press the hell out of this team because they are scared to deal with that pressure. And we see it. This is the way. How many times do you think that we turn over the ball with probably just within the first 10 seconds of John even picking it up? Uh, At least five. Quite a bit. They get flustered and <laughs> they'll just boot it out of there. It's that's uh, not the football we want, right? We want to play that high possession type of football, you know, ma maintain that and control the game. And we can't control anything. And, my fear is like this is going to be the new norm every game is we're just going to get pressed and pressed and pressed and until they can really start to to work on this you know on on the practice fields of, of remaining calm and just finding easy outs dude this is going to continue to be brutal this we start out the season on some some difficult teams we're kind of in a, a three game easy stretch right here and we're not even able to, to really perform the way we want to perform Let's not forget we barely made it out of Cincinnati alive. <laughs> we did. We were limping out of there. But, you know, I guess, Jay, I got to ask. There's last piece to this team that I got to get your opinion on. John McCarthy, what do you think of his game? I agree with Phil Neville. I agree with most of everyone else's take on this. Um, if he doesn't make that mistake, we're praising him because he was just getting getting drilled and he made several saves. Could have been 5-0, right? But everyone's going to going to go to that one moment it, it reminds me of the what 2010 world cup uh the u.s beat or or drew against england um and england's keeper kind of did the same thing where he just like got hands to the ball and it just slowly trickled in behind him i think the keeper's name was green in that time but yeah, that was painful to watch I and mean, i was like i was struggling to really sit up in a hot tub because i just felt like jello at that time but i was like did that did what what did i just see is that what i think i just saw and it's easy to get really angry in that moment um you know, poor technique on uh, trying to, to defend against a, a set piece. But, man, that's a that's a really bad goal to give up. And that, you know, what was the good news? I don't know. LGP is not going to be playing next game. Like, there wasn't really much good news. I'd say the good news is Hulin Kronza showed signs of, of, of life out there. So, I think, you know, we go to that two-forward formation now, however what way you want to structure it, technically three at the back with two wing backs, or if you want four at the back and bring – Gregory is the primary center defensive mid and then get Matweedy up into the actual attack. I, I don't know, but I'm not really sold on the formation. It didn't work last year. I understand we have new players. We still have old players, but it just, it feels all too similar. And I want a sweeping change. Yeah. Well, the one positive is that Phil makes changes in game, which mm -hmm. is nice, right? It's a big change from Diego Alonso last year, which at least gives us the chance and the opportunity to start something if you see something astray. Yes. Now, an argument could be made. Did he mismanage his substitutes in this this previous game? Because Robinson gets injured injured. We're out of subs and we're playing with ten men. We're playing man down for the for the next 
10 minutes, really what, five minutes out of time for the next 15 minutes of the game, we're playing man down. I, I think it's kind of personally, I, I see the point there. I see like something valid for maybe mismanagement, but I also see a coach that's willing to pull out all the stops to, to try and make a change in the game. And, you know, injuries happen, but you, you got your subs out there. So you tried to leave it all on the field. In this instance, we paid the price for it because because uh, Robbie, I don't even want to say Robbie wasn't ready to come back. I, I just think Robbie came out a little too aggressive. Tweaked his, his, his hammy again. Yeah, he needs that break bad, but now, but here's the scary part for for McCarthy, right? Like I know Neville's not really mad at him. The fans are probably a little bitter at him, but that's got to be a hit to McCarthy's confidence, especially knowing Marsman's coming and that there is going to be a a pretty honest shot that Marsman has to be the starter. I think that's something we've been expecting though, too. I don't think that. I mean, listen. <laughs> John is like the third worst goalkeeper in the entire MLS with letting goals in with 10 on the year. Those are not good numbers anywhere you go. And I think that we've seen this year and we talked about in the even leading up to this season was just a big question mark in goalkeeper, which, you know, is the reason that we went out and sought after, you know, a, a new goalkeeper as well, because he's just simply not going to be our starter and that's okay right everybody has a time and place on a team and we are a team and you know he did his role last year phenomenally but this year it just simply hasn't worked for him yeah it's been rough i mean there's been you know shimmers of of, of hope and but overall um i will welcome the uh the competition i, I we need to have the the best option we can in in goal and you know, maybe a, an experienced veteran in Marsman doesn't make that mistake. Uh, you know, you could have tried to just get your hands under the ball and, and catch it into your chest. You know, I don't know. It's tough. Keep your eyes on it. We'll see what happens. Do you think we see Dylan or maybe even Drake next game? Well, McCarthy did seem to be a little injured, so I honestly don't know. What was that? Was that it seemed like a muscle spasm or a cramp, something? It could have been either. I mean, he could have even had this right. He probably could have tweaked to Hammy. Who knows? Everybody else is. Why not? Yeah. But um, but yeah, wrapping up the here on this game review, it was no bueno. It was just no bueno all around. And probably one of the funniest things that I saw on the internet world after the match was someone posted on Reddit said someone, we should rename the team Yellow Card Collectors CF. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that's, I was like, that's very fair. You know, I know who could be our mascot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, I I like Phil willing to make changes. I know it it, it hurt us in this one, uh, but we like to see that in coach. That was one of our major beefs with Alonzo. So there's some that that at least is positive, trying to create a spark. Um, but you know we have an old team, and I think we're gonna need to get some youth in here. I and mean, we I think we went the route of let's get a bunch of uh, mentors in here and some some you know quote unquote veterans. But you look at you know Shawcross, LGP, Matuidi, Iguain, both of the Iguains. You know everyone's getting up there in age, so we're gonna probably need to interject some younger blood or some newer dp options to get something figured out yeah i mean the only other thing that i gotta say here about this game is just culture concerns man it's just culture concerns i um you know i look at that on a little bit more on a macro scale is like let's don't look at these last game or two games or three games but like actually look at the totality of the last year and a half that inner miami has been in existence and right now we are nowhere close from a seattle or an atlanta or or LAFC even for that matter where culture and winning culture was developed from the very start I'm not talking about winning an MLS cup right that's kind of like 
the mecca of you know the journey right but i'm just simply talking about the right attitude and the right you know mentality you bring to each practice and each game and that's the type of stuff that i want to see out of this club is and we don't see that out there and and it's really unfortunate because it's almost like if i could rip the soul and energy out of like la familia and just throw it into our players imagine how good we'd be that's a, I mean, a very good point. I don't think we're, we're, we're seeing the response that we, that we want. We want to see more of a fight and, um, you know, th- these games are, are just tough. They're, they really are. I mean, it's, it's a roller coaster of emotions with, uh, within our Miami, but you know, we do have a got easy, a, got another uh, roller coaster coming here. Yeah. I don't even want to say easy <laughs> game anymore. Well, our next matchups against DC United, um, we lost there last week. That was a, what, the last game before quarantine. Uh, that was, Ooh, that, that just brought, the, that, just, um, that brought like the, the Vietnam flashbacks. That's the the Ramon Torres. The Ramon Torres game. Yeah, yeah the the goal reversal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough. Man. But we're gonna ride this roller coaster right on into Saturday. We got a home match right before a big break. I think there's about a three week break in between our For the, next yeah, game, the international break. Yep. yep. So we got this coming up. So everybody, big news too. This is going to be a full capacity match as well. This is going to mm-hmm. be our first time that we're going to have all of La Familia in the stands cheering like crazy people left and right. I can't wait to see this tailgate happen right before the game. And we got an 8 p.m. start. You know that thing is going to be bumping from about 3 p.m. on. So mm-hmm. super pumped about that. Like we talked about, DC United coming into town. They did lose their last match against the Philadelphia Union 0-1. to the DC United has two wins, five losses on the season with a total of six points with one win coming against, you guessed it, the Chicago Fire, and the second win coming against NYCFC. So what uh, what, what oh, are we man. looking for? What are we looking for about DC United? Oh, buddy. Yeah, um, man, this is scary to say. This is setting ourselves up. This is the whole idea of like, are we jinxing ourselves right here? But Well, the good news. They've given up 11 goals this year, and we've only given up 10. Okay, so so technically, we are just a, a hair better on that stat. Um, boys, please focus this week and, and, and get it together and, and have more drive. You know, this whole like sitting around stagnant, just hoping maybe the ball comes for you, but you're not going to make it. Like we got to we got to interject some life into this team. It's very too. I mean, it, uh, Chicago or not Chicago? Sorry, DC plays in a in a three four one two. Um, are we gonna still come out in a four three or four two three one? Most likely, should we probably come out with a two striker setup with Julian and, and Iguain? I say so, but what? No one listens to me. I feel like. I mean, listen. This game's gonna present its opportunities for us and chances. The they're third to the last in the league in passing percent sitting at 74 and yes i know what you're thinking we're sitting about the middle of the pack so they're third to last in passing accuracy so our opportunity is going to be there now kind of the catch is it's a little bit of a conflict of style right dc united plays super hard we do not really play hard all the time which is going to be tough this team is going to get in our grill they're going to play us super hard and where they lack is really on the tactical execution side of things Bringing it back to statistics across the 2021 season, they are second to last in the league with five goals. One ahead of the last place team in Jay. 
Can you guess who that is? The Chicago Fire. Bingo, man. So we're playing two of the worst teams in the league. If we pick up an L here, everybody, you might not hear from us for a few weeks. <laughs> we're gonna we're going on international break too, eh? Uh, but players to watch out for uh, Edison Flores, who's actually involved in the horrible uh, events of last year's DC United game. But he's a midfielder. Uh, he's got seven matches and one goals. Also, keep your eye on Julian Gressel. Uh, he's well-known threat in the league. Uh, outside of that, man, Donovan Pines, pretty solid defender they have, and Adrian Perez, another forward to look out for. Again, this is a, a beatable team, and this is a, a a team that we could very easily lose against if we're not coming out and, and playing together as a team, one cohesive unit with a little bit of fire in us. Man, I, I, hope, I hope Phil is really scolding them this week. But they're going hard, hard at practice. A lot of gassers. I mean, these guys have had a lot of a lot of injuries too, so we'll see if they bounce back. Even though Ola Kamara is expected to start, as well as Kevin. Just make them run 10 miles every day. Like get them fit as a cheetah so that we can just run, run and do everything we need to do. Well, with that, it's a little bit more of a painful episode than last week. I don't (laughs) enjoy this. I need more news from the team to cover stuff that doesn't make me mad. We thank you for joining the podcast today. If you did enjoy this show, go ahead, show your love. Give us five stars on Apple Reviews. We got one more five star from last year, from last week. We appreciate you. Don't know who you are. If you don't leave a comment, do so. We appreciate the love, though. If you don't do so already, go ahead and click subscribe. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Intermami Podcast. Sorry, Twitter is InterMIA Podcast. And don't forget, Pink Smoke. And as we in every episode, vamos mi homie. Vamos mi homie.